I am so lucky. Both of my buildings really understand um, just the philosophy behind student center coaching and that that is the best classroom embedded professional learning that we can really have at any opportunity that they have they're they're really advocating for um, coming alongside um, just the coaching growing. Hi, I'm Diane Sweeney and I'm the author of the Essential Guide for Student-Centered Coaching and our new book, Student-Centered Coaching from a Distance. And I'm Brandon Lewis and I'm an innovation and learning coach in Liberty, Missouri. And this is Student-Centered Coaching, the podcast, where we sit down with coaches and teachers to explore how they are supporting student learning. Our hope is that through sharing these stories, we can all grow together. We are excited to be joined today by Erin Gregg, and she's a fifth grade teacher in Liberty, Missouri. And this year she has been teaching virtually with our Liberty Virtual School. And Erin, um, first of all, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, I'm excited. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like to teach virtually this year? Yes, it has been definitely a unique experience um, to say the least. It's uh, definitely had its ups and downs, but I would have to say that it's made me a better and stronger teacher, um, getting to um, learn and engage with students online can be very difficult, but also um, fun and rewarding. I have been invited to over 40 students' homes every day, getting to meet their pets, getting to meet their siblings, um, seeing their rooms, getting, I mean, you name it, I have been able to um, be engaged with them in a different way than I would have in the classroom. And I feel like that is a unique opportunity um, to get to know students. But um, overall, it's just been really neat um, to just try different things as well. I know from some of the virtual teachers that I've been partnering with this year, it's, it's, it's just, it's been constant iteration, I feel like. Because yes. you want to make sure that if something's not working, I don't want to keep doing it. You know, we yeah. are continue to tweak and fine tune and do what um, is best for students. Right. So it's been, it's been really cool to um, have the opportunity to work with teachers who are teaching virtually also, um, just to see that unique perspective and the great things that all of you guys are doing. Um, not just at Liberty Virtual School, but for a lot of the virtual teachers out there um, across the country. So I'm curious, did you choose to teach virtually or was it something that you were asked to do? How did that come about? It's kind of been a blessing in disguise for me this year. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in June. Um, I was planning to come back into the classroom, but with COVID, my oncologist was like, hey, if there's a better route for us, let's take it. And I wasn't sure what that was for me at that time. And then Liberty offered um, teachers to go virtual. And I was like, I think this will be great for me to try um, to be able to stay home, to stay safe. And so I applied, um, got accepted and have been working virtually. And it was just really neat for me um, this year as I was going through my chemo treatments to take my computer with me to work, um, you know, as I was getting treatment because I could. And if I didn't have this opportunity, I would have to have taken days off. 
um, from school and get that done. But this year I was lucky enough to just take my computer and take my students with me and they knew what was going on and we made it work. So it's been really nice to have that opportunity. In a perfect world, it's been a great year to <laughs> go through this. To picture you like going to your appointments, getting treatment, and the fact that that's the same place that you're giving your kids feedback and you're like, I'm going to But they also like, I actually like felt like I needed that in a way that they kept me occupied. Um, I try not to get emotional about this, but going through chemo is not, it's not easy. <laughs> um, but they kept me occupied. They kept me busy. They kept me focused. Um, I felt like I was just sitting in a different location, getting the treatment that I needed. And, you know, I was, my focus was on them. And, you know, my nurses, my doctors, their focus was on me and I didn't have to worry about that. So I feel like in a way they got me through that. And now I'm done with that part of treatment. And, um, you know, I'm taking some time off right now, but even before um, I said, I let a sub come over, I, I had a, you know, a, a moment with my students. I had them all, you know, on Zoom and I, and I told them, you know, obviously I told my parents first that I was going to be taking some time, but I wanted to tell the students personally and thank them for how long they had gotten me through. They had gotten me through, you know, over 12, 12 weeks of um, chemo sessions and, you know, Christmas break that we had been through a lot. When I told them I was taking a break, it was really hard for me. Um, because they had been there for me for so long. And now I felt like I was giving up on them. And I just said, right now, I can't be the best teacher for you. Um, and I need to heal. I need to get better so that I can finish out the school year with you and I can give you what you need because right now I can't. And I just, it was so hard for me. And I tried to explain that to others that weren't a teacher. And they're just like, you need this time. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. These kids mean so much more to me than anyone can explain. And they're through a computer. Like, I don't have that interaction. But it just, whew, I'm very excited to get back with them and let um, them know that I'm doing better. Uh, that's you're such an inspiration just hearing you say that Aaron like in your rights I feel like non-teachers wouldn't get that the fact that like you would be willing to do what you have done because you care about them so much um, and it goes beyond the learning it's about what how much you care about them as individuals and as people to hear you talk about your journey and then also in the same breath hear you say that that they're the ones that got you through some of these treatments and some of this time is, um, yeah, I, I don't really even know what word to, to describe that <laughs> feeling, you know, like it's just, it's so inspirational. And I just, I just, I just love hearing that story. Um, and congratulations on you getting through that, that round of treatment. And I know that you're kind of in between the next steps right now. And, um, I'm just so proud of you for all that you've been doing, um, and how well you're doing right now. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, appreciate your vulnerability and um, your dedication, not only to this profession, but to your individual students. And we can't thank you enough. You are so welcome, Brandon. And thanks for inviting me on and um, hope that I can inspire, encourage another teacher. We are super excited for today's episode. We have two guests with us here today. 
Um, we have Don Shannon, who is not only an innovation and learning coach in Liberty, Missouri, but she's also my teammate. So I am super excited to have her with us. But we also have one of her school administrators joining us as well, Dr. Matthew Crony. And he is not just an administrator, but he's also a close personal friend of mine, a former teammate. And I can't wait to dig into this conversation and talk about their partnership and their relationship with each other. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to today. When I met um, you two, Brandon and Matthew, you were teammates as coaches. And I was working with Liberty. And then once Matthew decided to become an administrator, Don came into the mix. So it's been fun to see this team growing and evolving and relationships developing. I, I do have to say, I have a couple of um, podcast connections as well as confessions to make. The first podcast I ever listened to was a recommendation from Don. So I remember it was actually our first day of Don's first day as a coach and we were talking about it. And it was, she recommended how I built this. And it was the episode of the founder of Tom's. And I listened mm -hmm. to it that night and I literally have been hooked ever since. So Don, thank you for that. The other connection, Crony, I'm gonna start by apologizing again. So I'm sorry. But Diane, you don't know this. Crony and I actually had started planning a podcast together. And I mean, we were pretty excited about it. And then I had that conversation with you about this podcast and you asked me to do it with you. And I immediately called Crony and said, sorry, man, I can only do um, one of these. I'm sorry, Matthew, I had no idea. <laughs> it's all good. I would probably do the exact same thing to Brandon, uh, so. But we're all in this together today. So that's what matters Yeah, most. so I'm excited to have him be a part of this episode. It takes a little bit of the guilt away from me. So <laughs> I'm excited for us to all be looking at each other and talking for this episode today. So thank you. So that's, so that's how the first administrator gets on the coaching podcast. It's just, it's sympathy invite. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Can you guys really quickly tell me a little bit extra about yourself? I mean, I know we know that Don, you're a coach. Uh, Matthew, we know that you are an assistant principal, but if you guys could just take a little bit of time um, digging a little deeper than my introduction and just tell some of the listeners a little bit more about you. Don, you want to go ahead and start? What, gosh, this is year four for us. So three years ago, um, I just decided to take a leap of faith and that I, I knew I'd always wanted to be a coach. Um, I actually really was inspired my second year of teaching by my, um, at the time I was a literacy coach to become a coach. And I just really um, never could get it off my mind or heart. And it, I think it was year 12 of my um, professional career, I decided to go ahead and apply for it. So um, what's interesting is that when I um, was accepted on the team, um, I got placed in Matthew's building. So he had come directly from being part of the innovation and learning team here in Liberty to being an administrator in the building I was working in. And I, I had taught for 10 years before becoming a coach. I um, just had had a great experience with my instructional coach. Um, and a lot of my growth as a teacher came from the support of a coach and just the work that she was putting in um, with me and in my classroom. And so um, when I had the opportunity to become a coach, I, I knew that it would, it definitely would um, be something I would, I would gain a great deal from. Um, so I was excited to, to get to do that. And I was on the 
the coaching team and got to work with Diane Sweeney for three years. And then the last four, um, I've become, I've been an assistant principal, um, have been with Don all four of those years. It's becoming a theme that great coaches were coached well. This is becoming a theme across podcasts, Brandon, that that's really the number one reason coaches go into coaching is because they felt the impact themselves in their lives as teachers. So that's cool that you both named that as something that you've experienced. And now to have Matthew as one of the leaders, we have this great opportunity to then take it even further into implementation, which is really neat. And to have both of you today in this conversation reminds us that coaches can't do this alone. We can certainly try our hardest, but without that partnership with the principal, we're never gonna get as far as we will with the partnership with administration. Can you share a little bit about what it was like when you first started working together as an admin and a coach together in your school four years ago? Certainly, it was my it was my first year as an administrator, and so I definitely had a lot to learn, and there was a lot that I didn't know what I was doing. It was Don's first year as a coach, and I had been coached. I had been a coach for the last three years, and so I think that working with Don was something that I felt like I was able to very quickly. Um, just help somebody with in the school um, because I had that experience and I knew I knew what she was going um, through and so I, I, I tried to um, just mentor her as much as possible um, tried to, to try to help her, um, acclimate her um, to the to new building a new role um, even though I was new um, to Warren Hills as an administrator I actually had taught um, fifth grade here previously for eight years um, and so I I had some familiarity with the school as well. Um, so I think I definitely didn't know what I was doing in as administrator, um, but one area that I felt like I could just quickly jump in and help somebody out um, and just serve our school is partnering with Dawn um, and just helping make her transition into coaching smooth. Dawn, what was your I, perspective on having that backup from, from Matthew? I... 100% agree with like the mentorship was so valuable. I, I don't know where I would be if that first year I hadn't been placed in a, in a building that had um, someone so familiar with the, the coaching, um, just ideals that we really hold true to our hearts. So that first year, of course, still now, but that first year was really, really valuable to have I'm a, an administrator that I could really turn to that really understood the process it didn't take long for things to flip and me to realize that Don had more to offer to me than I had to offer to her. And um, by year three, she was coaching me in a, in a full coaching cycle. Um, and so it, it really didn't take long, but I, but I knew that just right off the bat that I, you know, that I could hopefully at least help her transition into, into coaching. I know you piqued the audience interest when you just said that Matthew, mm -hmm. that Don was supporting you in a coaching cycle. So you clearly are mutually growing each other. There's a lot of shared respect and that you're very much, you have an interest in making sure each other are successful. That feels like a really interesting way to do that. What did that look like to have your coach coaching you as an administrator um, using this model? It was, it was a learning experience. Um, I definitely, um, you know, it, it truly came out of a desire for me to know how to build efficacy um, amongst teachers in our school. Um, and so it was just something that I, I naturally was, was wanting to learn, something that I felt like 
Um, it was an area that I needed to grow in from being a coach. I knew um, just how beneficial coaching is. Um, and so I think it was just naturally um, an, an easy way to go to her and just say, hey, I need your help with this. Um, really, there were, there were kind of five reasons why I initially um, asked her um, to support me in this. Um, like I said, number one, because I wanted to improve. Um, she would just, I knew she would provide a good thought partner for me. Um, it would help for, for accountability. It would allow me to really model for others um, what a coaching cycle looks like. And then I also felt like I wanted teachers to grow. And so I needed to practice what I preached. And that was the way for me um, to grow. John, how did you have to adapt a typical coaching cycle that's used with teachers to do this work with, with Matthew? Yeah, I, I think the hardest thing for us that we um, had a lot of conversation around is, you know, in a, in a coaching cycle, it's the student evidence that you're always looking at. And so where is that student evidence fit in when it's uh, an administrator and a coach um, going through a coaching cycle? So ultimately, we really looked at um, our evidence of teachers. How are we using what we were learning to grow um, the teachers in our building? But um, super fun. Matthew obviously understands the process really well. So from my point of view, it was really fun to be able to just focus on asking the really good questions and, um, and saying things like, tell me more about that. And, and how do you know that we're growing the teachers and getting to that goal? Because um, he really understands the process. He, I also know Matthew, that you blogged this entire experience. And so we'll go ahead in the show notes and we will link his blog to that. So you guys can go ahead and check out his kind of in real time reflections about this process. I definitely learned, I don't know if I communicated that in the blog, but I definitely learned that it, it is harder to be coached than it is to coach. Um, I, um, Don is an amazing coach and, and I loved working with her. Um, but I just the vulnerability that it takes to be coached. Um, and just, you know, I had to learn that the more I opened up, the deeper that we would go in our work. Um, you know, we have a very great relationship. So the trust was there. Um, but just to be coach, it takes trust, it takes vulnerability, it takes time. Um, and so those things were, um, were definitely things that I learned, because it was the first time I'd really been on the other end of it. Um, but the clarity that I the clarity that I received um, through our work uh, was was really beneficial. And it, it just helped me. Um, I think as just as a school leader to, to be more effective. And that was really, I was really glad that you were able to share that back with me too, because, you know, teachers don't often get to say those things back to me about, gosh, I learned a lot and this is really powerful, but it was hard too because of these things. So um, I think because you're able to have that relationship, um, it was good to get that insight from the other point of view. Matthew, I, um, with this being year five of me as a coach, sometimes I wonder like, has it been so long since I've been on the other side of the table, like where the teachers are in our partnership? So as I'm hearing you say it had been a long time and now as an, an administrator being willing to be coached as well, you forgot how hard or how hard that could be or how vulnerable you have to be or even some of the, I, I, I don't want humility to be a bad word when we're talking about this, but you do have to humble yourself with some of your thoughts because you have to be willing to learn different things or just, I think it does kind of go back to that vulnerability piece again, but that's something that I feel like in some of my own reflection that sometimes I need to take a step back and maybe think about that. And hearing you say that, I think it's kind of encouraging me to take that step and make sure I 
spend more time with someone who's going to continue to help grow me as well. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and Don, maybe you can be that partner for me. Maybe as a coach, huh. I can go through a coaching cycle with you. So that's maybe an interesting idea. That's a great idea. And it's so, um, the, what you said is one of your reasons for doing this being that if you're advocating for coaching and you're not open to coaching yourself or demonstrating that openness to coaching, then it's an, kind of an empty, it's an empty recommendation. And, but if you're walking that talk and doing the work, then it's a lot easier to um, suggest to teachers that this is an important practice to get, get involved in. So out, that trust. Out of curiosity, was it something, aside from your blog, was it something that teachers in the building knew that you were experiencing while you were doing it? The teachers that I was working with, I think were, were aware um, of the coaching cycle. It wasn't something that, you know, that I was going around telling everybody about, but. Don, has that been something that has yielded work with those teachers? I mean, most likely, yes, but um, I can't say that anybody like directly said, because you were working on this with Matthew, let's start this work together. It's more of a subtle cultural, absolutely, a learning culture, an indicator of being a learning culture is we're all engaging as learners in our own ways. And, and that's what you do at your school. Yeah. You nailed it when you said it just builds a culture of learning and being vulnerable and partnering. And that's probably where it, it really took off more than anything. And I mean, my goal was to build teacher collective, to build collective teacher efficacy. And I mean, I think obviously Don's coaching work is building efficacy of teachers too. So, I mean, even though there, there wasn't maybe necessarily a correlation between what teachers were doing because of that work, I mean, there's definitely a parallel between, you know, our work. Yes. Mutually beneficial. That's for sure. And honestly, like I think about all the, the times that we meet and we've, um, worked on things together. I really enjoyed having that same topic over, I think it was about six weeks, a little over a month. Um, I think us having that same really focused conversation um, over time is what was so powerful. So you just mentioned your time together and how powerful that is. Um, I, I really want everyone listening to understand the importance of these consistent times to get together and discuss the coaching that's taking place in the classrooms and just how valuable it is. Um, and what you just said speaks to the importance of these weekly meetings being focused, not just on coaching in general, but on your deep coaching cycles that are truly impacting student learning. And that's the first thing that Dawn always does at our weekly meetings um, is, you know, it's on her agenda and she has those teachers that she's working with. And she, she's really great about highlighting um, just the success that she's having within her coaching cycles. Um, and so she, she communicates um, what they're working on, but then also just shares out um, just the ways that, that our teachers are, are learning and growing. So mentioning the principal coach meetings and the admin coach meetings, I know you have an incredible partnership with your school principal as well. And I'm just curious how she is a part of all of this and how she is a guide in this, these conversations and where she fits in. Yeah, Michelle and I are, are very much, um, we, see, we see our role as co-principals and, and we work together as everything um, in every way that we can. Um, we want to be as collaborative as possible. Um, and so we both, um, we both work with Don, you know, individually as well as 
collectively as a whole um, and those weekly meetings, um, you know, we, Don is, Don is communicating her coaching and, and what that looks like. And, and that's also a, just a time where we're discussing um, our bigger initiatives in our school and, and the professional learning that's happening and, and just ways that we can support our teachers um, as well as the ways that Don is supporting our teachers. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I work in two buildings here in our district. And so I have two sets of administrators um, that I get a chance to work with. And as much as possible, I try to meet with both um, so that we're all on the same page. But really, I would say both of my buildings, um, we, see, we see our work as a team and, and really trying to come together, not a, a lead or an assistant principal, but really um, all hands on deck to do the right thing. That's great. If you were to think about a Venn diagram and you had Matthew's side and with and as the, the co-principal side, I suppose, and then Don's side, what would be distinct between your own roles, the definition of your roles when it comes to um, coaching and supporting teachers in general? You know, the, the building leaders, um, they're really have the vision for the school and what what they want um, the goals and the outcomes to be for that school year. Um, I see my role much more um, maybe helping develop develop the vision, but also just really aligning my work to that vision and making sure the work I'm doing with teachers really supports the the big picture goal of where we're headed for the year. Um, obviously, as a um, a building leader, their job is much more in the supervision realm and I um, take all measures to make sure that I am working with the teacher I am not seen as a supervisor um, really have um, the objective to be seen as a co-teacher a co-planner a co-thought partner um, when it comes to teaching and learning are there any things you do to avoid being perceived as a supervisor specifically oh for sure um I mean, one of the very first things is just being really cautious when I am in the classroom to make sure I'm using that time um, to kid watch, um, that I'm not standing in the back with a clipboard type of persona um, or with my, my computer. Um, when I am in the classroom, you know, there might be parts that I'm modeling or that I um, am doing alongside. Hopefully that's to be true, but, but definitely um, we have planned something together. We're working through it together. I'm not standing in the back watching and then giving feedback. Yeah, that's so important because that perception of the clipboard in the back of the room, as anyone who's been a teacher knows that that's what an evaluation looks like. And, and so we want to stay away from that for sure. Matthew, what about you? What's, what's your side of the Venn diagram? So as Don said, definitely defining the school vision, um, the supervision piece, um, and then also just setting the expectations for the school, um, you know, but, but I do think that as much as possible, you want it to be a partnership with teachers. Um, you want it to be collaborative. I felt like when I was a coach and knowing that I wanted to get into administration, I felt like I would just jump in and be an administrator that really coaches teachers um, and that supports them and helps them. 
Um, and I think I, I realized that coaching really is the sweet spot for helping teachers to improve more so than administration, uh, because that level of trust and vulnerability um, is, is there a lot more with um, that coach than it is an administrator. And I think it's, it, it's, it's all tied to that evaluation piece. And so as much as I want um, to, to support my teachers and help them improve, um, there's just a different level that teachers have um, with Don and with coaches than, than they do um, with, it, with, a, with an administrator. And so um, it's really the lead, I mean, obviously the leadership um, is important to a school, um, but, but like you said, the, that Venn diagram, there really is a separate role um, for the, the administrator as there is the coach. Um, but then I also like to point out, there is a lot of overlap in that Venn, Venn diagram. And so, you know, whether it comes to the professional learning, whether that comes from a PD session or coaching cycles, um, you know, modeling lifelong learning, um, and then continually looking at student evidence and, and, and data um, is something that both administrators and coaches do. How, how do you support, what do you do in situations where you see a teacher who's really struggling? And maybe Don has, you've, you've, you've kind of thought about Dawn has worked her magic as far as she could, and then there's there's still a struggle there. What what's the solution there, or the what's the strategy in that? Because a lot of principals wonder that is how do I meet those challenges when I have a coach in the school? Absolutely, and I mean that's the that's the million dollar question. That's really how you um, you know how how can how can you improve teachers that need to be improved i think i think there's a couple things to look at though i think a lot of times you know it's it's not a black and light a black and white um, that this teacher is effective and this teacher is not effective you really have to 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 zoom out and say okay you know what what are your strengths of your teacher and and you know every teacher in in your school is going to have some things that they do well and then some things that you know that possibly need to be improved upon. And so I think obviously as much as possible, you wanna celebrate the successes, you wanna focus on the things that they're doing well. Um, and then when it comes to the improvement piece, a lot of that really is up to the teacher um, and how much they're willing to learn and grow. Um, and because just like, just like with coaching, your coaching isn't gonna be effective um, if, if, it's, if it's not something that the teacher has buy-in and they're wanting to, to grow. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to when it comes to school leadership and administration, I mean, the same is true. If a teacher is not motivated to learn or grow, then I'm going to have a really hard time helping support that teacher. And so, you, you definitely have to you have to motivate them through in an, in an area and in a way that they want to be motivated. So sometimes that means you know identifying the need and but just coming alongside them and and, and really having those honest, um, difficult conversations with them about your expectations and, and ways that expectations aren't being met, um, but then also just coming alongside them and saying, you know, supporting them and, and walking through, um, setting goals with them um, and, and work and just the follow-up of being in their classroom consistently. That's one thing that um, I feel like the administrators in our district do a really great job of is just being in the classroom as much as possible. So they know what's going on. They know how teachers need support. Um, and so it's, it's, it truly is a partnership just like coaching is. Um, but, but it does take, um, obviously the teacher, the teacher having a desire and, and a want and, and knowing that they need to improve in those areas that they need to improve in. Yeah. That agency with adult learners just is just as important as with our, our kid learners. 
And at the, and the end of the day, like, you know, what I desire is to support and grow teachers. Um, and I think, you know, the same is true when I was a coach and when I'm an administrator, um, you know, I, I want to be there as a support. Um, I want teachers to know that I've got their backs. Um, and then, you know, I want them to get better. Um, and in the, in the same way that, you know, I want to get better at my job too. In your guys's conversations, like Matthew, with you being a former coach, like really, um, Re respecting the role and the differences of the roles to where you're not, you're not putting Don in those awkward positions of asking those questions that maybe has her step over the line when it comes to teachers, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you speak to like keeping those conversations focused on student learning? You know, I have, as a coach, I have been asked to um, work with teachers that really didn't want to be involved in a coaching cycle and didn't want to be coached. And I, so I learned from that experience that it's, it's not effective um, for me as a coach to work with a teacher that doesn't want to be coached. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask Don to go into a struggling teacher's classroom um, and just help them out if, if they don't have that desire themselves for Don to be in there, because I know that's not going to be effective. So I'm not going to, you know, as administrator, I'm not going to tell Don as much as I may want to, I know it's not effective. It's not going to work. Um, you know, it doesn't help to just pass the buck and just say, Hey, Don, this teacher needs you go, go help and support. And, and I mean, we've seen multiple um, situations where that just doesn't work because of that efficacy piece. Well, and going back to building the culture in the building, right? Like we need to make sure that everybody views um, coaching as a positive um, experience that they can grow from. And so just being mindful that you're not only working with a certain um, subgroup of teachers, I think is really important. So um, of course I will work with teachers that really, really um, want to be worked with. Um, but if there were someone that, that, if I was only being asked to work with teachers that maybe had um, some growth, then I, I worry about the, the culture we would be setting up. So earlier in the conversation, you were talking about how Don really supports you. I'm curious, other than the example you gave of the coaching cycle, what Don does to support you as a leader? Well, I feel like I'm usually just hijacking her time and I'm always, I'm always trying to track her down and, you know, and, and she really helps me to process through, um, you know, all that we're doing at the school. She truly understands the big picture of, um, you know, you know, our vision and just what, what we want leadership to look like and, and just how, you know, how we're going to, um, make changes at our school. Um, she, Donna is an awesome listener. Um, she asked really good questions. So even though, um, just through our conversations, I feel like she's always coaching me. Um, and so helping me to refine our work, um, as well as just get better at what we're doing. Um, and then, ultimately like you know in, in the same way that that i want our teachers to get better like that's that's what she does is she she coaches teachers she supports teachers she is spends you know i know more than 60 percent of her time um, with teachers in classrooms um, and just helping them to to reflect and, and to get better at, at what they do so it's fair to say don that you challenge matthew a little bit with your questions that's good because he challenged me quite a few times back in the yes. day <laughs> That's great. So really thinking together, um, trying to meet out the, the vision of the school and what's really happening in classrooms. Don, what would you say, same question about Matthew, how does he help you as a coach? You know, I think 
of course, we talked a little bit about that first year, just the mentorship and, and being there and understanding what it was like was just such a valuable um, process for me. Um, I think Matthew, though, he really understands like that coaching for all. And so he really is helping me like promote that um, idea. Um, I also have noticed it's interesting that you say that, Matthew, because I would say that back to you in our conversations he's always um, kind of just grounding me back to, uh, well, what was your goal for that? Um, so he's really good at asking really good questions that give me a lot of clarity. Um, his recent favorite one that I can anticipate is like, well, have you asked the students? And so um, having those conversations where he's, he's really getting me to gain a lot of clarity, um, that has really been just super valuable. I can speak to... Uh, my first year as a coach with, with Matthew, we spent some time together and there'd be times when maybe I was frustrated about work that was currently going on. And it was very simple things that he would ask back to me that would put it all in perspective. I think that's something that, that you are very good at. Um, and I love to hear that even though you are in a different role now as a school administrator, that you're still offering Don that who's in your building um, cause that's only going to continue to impact teachers and the students in your own building. So I love that you still get to have and wear that hat at times in those conversations with Don. And, and so think about this now that I know he's going to ask those questions. I'm even starting to like process the questions that I know he would ask me, um, even before our conversations. So, um, we'll and that's what teachers do with you. Yes. That's, that's what you're, and also then their students start doing it as well in a conferring conversation or something like that. So there's that anticipation of a deep conversation and the reflection that comes before you're even in it mm-hmm. that, that you're, sure. that you're really naming. For sure. That's really interesting. Now you have two schools that you share. So you're, you, and, Ma- and Matthew just said, you're mostly in classrooms and in coaching cycles and all of that good stuff. What's Don? What's the um, support you get for just recruiting and enrolling teachers in the coaching work? Um, is it that you have too many you can handle? Is it that you need help um, encouraging teachers to see the value of coaching, or what? How do you work together on that? You know, um, I am so lucky. Both of my buildings really understand um, just the philosophy behind student center coaching, and that that is the best classroom embedded professional learning that we can really have. And that's where really practices change and people grow. So I am so lucky that both both sets of administrators understand that. And at, I would say at most, at any opportunity that they have, they're, they're really advocating for um, coming alongside um, just a coach and growing. I've really found a lot of my work this year, especially is coming from teacher to teacher on teams. So I'm working with a teacher and, and presumably it's going well. And then sooner or later, usually someone on the teammate will ask if we can um, grow it beyond just that teacher to more of the team. So that has been really powerful. How organic that sounds. I mean, it's really coming from a perceived and an identified need by the teachers. I take it as a compliment. Like um, it must have gone well, you know, they must have seen value and growth. Um, or they wouldn't share, um, share the experience. Absolutely. You should definitely take that as a compliment. <laughs> Dawn's so stinking good. 
Like she is, and now she's going to be embarrassed. I'm saying this and feel bad, but Crony is going to nod his head. Like Don, you're amazing. And I hope you realize that because like the things that you're talking about in your two buildings, the way that you're fostering that work and the way you're getting that done. Like I'm trying to like do like some self-reflection on the things that you're saying. And I keep like beating myself up about like recent moves that maybe I've made that wasn't effective. And I'm thinking about that as I'm listening to you. And it just, yeah, I love that you're my teammate. I'll say that. Cause I'm, I'm also it. words of affirmation. So thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. I remember that the first time I got to work with Don, we did coaching labs and I got to be in the classroom with you coaching in a math, I believe it was um, fourth grade, somewhere in that range. And you were on the floor. I think you were almost maybe six months, seven months pregnant. And you were on the floor with the kids listening and watching and collecting student evidence on how were they solving problems? What strategies were they using? And, and you were just right in there with that teacher and the, and the coach and um, excuse me, teacher and the students. And so when you're thinking about teachers saying, I want some of that too, it does really represent and, and reflect who you are. So don't ever forget that it's a lot like Brandon's saying, it's a lot of who you are that's creating these conditions where teachers really see the value of coaching. Yeah. No, that's, that's my goal. That's, that's my favorite way is when someone has shared it in a way where they obviously found it so valuable that they wanted someone else to get the experience as well. There was, there were numerous things that day that I remember taking away and applying to my own coaching. Cause that was a lab that we were all at. Um, that was such a great day. And that teacher actually is a teacher in one of my buildings now. So it's fun to have someone who I know has been coached by someone else who is very open to coaching and is very welcoming to that partnership. Um, so thank you, Don, for that, for growing her in that way. She's super fun to work with. So Don, we've talked a lot today about your guys's relationship, and I know that doesn't just happen overnight. So from a coach's perspective, what are some things that other coaches can do to help foster that relationship with their administrator? Um, I think one of the most important things is having a reoccurring time with your building leadership. I have found that if you are not making that a priority and really getting it on everybody's calendar, um, time goes by fast and it doesn't happen. One of the things I think about is we have a shared agenda and I try to have kind of a balance of sharing out about coaching cycles, um, sharing out some housekeeping type things, but also um, sharing some bigger questions that tie back to like the vision and the goals that we can really have a conversation around. So I've been trying to be mindful about what kind of things I'm putting on that agenda to help it be um, a reciprocal relationship. I think another thing for me when I think about building relationships is sharing out the success stories. So um, a teacher and I have been working so much on building some learner agency with her kids and the teacher the other day actually suggested we should, we should invite the principals in and see this. It's, it's really, it's happening. And um, I just can't wait for that day because I feel like then that is, that's celebrating her, but also just further connecting the work that a partnership brings um, when we're in a classroom with kids together. And I think also just realizing that like 
as a coach, your role is to support teachers. So no matter what your relationship with your administrator looks like, continue to support teachers um, because they, they deserve that. They need that. Um, and even if you aren't valued, the work you're doing is valuable. That's such a good way to think about it. And somebody asked me about this on social media, just what if, what if I don't have that support from a principal? And I recommended, I said, you know, there's, you're going to be working invitationally and doing really great work with less people, maybe less systematically, less intentionally, maybe not throughout the whole school, but that work itself really matters because those are folks that need support too. So you can definitely coach without this incredible partnership we're seeing today, but you can also coach without it. I like to think too that just like we talk about how you can get more teachers to come on board when they see the effects or the evidence of what's happening in a cycle, the same thing is probably true with an administrator. If there's someone who maybe didn't have like a good maybe foundation or understanding of student-centered coaching, so they might not be as involved in it, but when they see the effects of it and they see that evidence of learning, I think that's going to bring them in as well. Definitely. And that's why we have to really share the successes, like Don said, and, and really bring those to light. This is the growth that's happening as a result of this work. I think as much as possible, it's really important um, to try to get the teachers to share those success stories or those mastery moments. Um, if they can share how they've grown, how the students have grown, um, then we know we've really nailed it. Dawn, what would you say is your favorite piece of coaching you're currently doing? I've got two. I've got one at each building. It's really fun right now. Um, the one here that I was just talking about where she said, how about we, we ask the, the principals to come in and just see. We have really been working super hard on getting the learning back in the hands of the kids. How do they know what they're working on and what they need to do next to, um, to grow? And so that teacher is really fun to work with because she's, she's really open to trying all the things to make that happen. So that has been really, really fun. Um, I'm working with another um, class of like early writers, which is just to me so fun too, because in so many ways we can get the choice and the engagement and um, just hearing that teacher reflect on oh, this used to be a time that I dreaded. And now we look up and 45 minutes have gone by and we don't know how that happened. Um, just hearing her talk about the before and after, that's really fun too. One thing I'm taking away from this conversation is how it gets deeper and more robust over the years. And as we build team members, as we build the team itself, as we build awareness and an understanding of coaching, it just becomes more and more magical. And so I just wanna thank you for joining us and being team members for so long and team members with each other and that we can just keep this going and really impacting kids, creating those conditions like Dawn was talking about where they understand their own role as learners and supporting teachers in the ways Matthew shared where it's multifaceted and needs-based, I mean, all of that is, is really lifelong work. So thank you for reminding us of that. Don, I'm just so appreciative for you to be willing to come on and talk about your coaching. Um, as your team member, I just love hearing you talk about the work that goes on in your buildings. And you can always 
hear the passion come through your words as you're talking about the work. And it inspires me to be better. And it, as a fan of Don Shannon, I just love it. And um, just so grateful we could spend this time together. Crony, Diane said it earlier, the way you ask questions, it's so um, thought provoking. And I feel like educationally, but not just that, personally as well, um, just as we've continued to grow our friendship over the years, I appreciate that in you so much. So thank you so much for taking this time to be with us today. I thank you so much for the invite. I mean, I, like you said, I've been a podcast fan for many, many years, but, but really talking through this has been mutually beneficial. Anytime I'm asked these questions, it really causes me to reflect and to just gain some clarity on my, on my work. So thank you. Um, I always enjoy working with you, Diane and Brandon. I'm glad we were able to, to get, to get on a podcast together. Anything for you, Crony? Student Centered Coaching, the podcast is brought to you by Diane Sweeney Consulting. For more information, visit dianesweeney.com. Music is brought to you by Clemency. You can check them out at clemencyonline.com. There you can find more information on how to download their music. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast where podcasts are found and follow us on Twitter at SC Coaching Pod.